Hey guys, welcome back to the Rhythm Session. This week, I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Sugar Ray Bodanis. Kyle, how are you doing? Good. I got new boxing gloves this week. Uh, it was good. So, like, when you put heavier gloves on, it uh, weights your hands more. So I was like sweating even more butter than usual. So that was good. Uh, so yes, it's been exciting. I'm I'm going through it. Not quite Sugar Ray moving it. It's a beautiful day in the city. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we're starting to move out of the darkness with this uh, with this pandemic and. Um, so I can go see Dinosaur Jr. in September, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Yes, I'm also looking forward to looking at some dinosaurs, but I mean <laughs> the Disney Channel show Dinosaurs, because that show was, you know, great. Is, is that on um, Disney Channel? I'm watching it. I, I'm hoping it, man. Maybe it's on Disney+. Plus. I'm going to go check, because that show was a classic. Copy that. What are you listening to these days when you're hitting the bag? Is there anything, you know, on your radar special? Oh my god, it's ready to die like biggie biggie sounds like a boxer so he's like in, like it's good bobbing and weaving as much as i can bob and weave because it's like I, i'm still a little glacial so i'm just trying to you know get the head movements and uh for me it's all about i uh, listen to biggie and like 36 chambers i probably i would say are the, those are the those are my like go-to listening have you also been listening to some music from our very special guest while you're out there yeah I mean, their music is fantastic. I've been dipping into the back catalog too, which has been an absolute uh, pleasure. And I'm so excited for this uh, interview and so excited for their time. So let's welcome, without further ado, our special guest, Toronto's very own, Deja SB. Deja, how are you doing today? I am as good as good can be. What has been going on? How are you enduring these Doug Ford lockdown measures bro i am trying to stay as sane as possible but it's so hard because everything feels like it's so out of our control and it's like very common sense what certain things need to be done and it's not being done so it just gets you so frustrating but frustrated but at the end of the day uh when i take a look at like where i'm at especially music wise i am extremely blessed so i try not to complain as much have you been able to kind of use the time to really kind of dial down on the music? Yes, actually, because um, what had happened was actually in the beginning of lockdown, I actually had 2020 the album made, but it was just a bunch of singles. So what my um, idea was going to be was I was going to uh, drop a single every month. And then what ended up happening was I added like, three more tracks and just put it together as an album and um that was all in due because of quarantine that i kind of saw a lot of success because everybody was just kind of chilling doing nothing it was the beginning of quarantine so nobody knew everybody was kind of more scared than they are right now so everybody was kind of actually following <laughs> guidelines yeah so everybody's just home chilling you know uh looking out for new music so it was kind of just like a good time for me to drop music so yeah we want to definitely start with getting into things diving into things as it were you know head above the waters has been out for a little while now how have you found the reaction to the record um i've i've found that um a lot of the tastemaker blogs picked it up so like growing up as a musician you see all of your favorite rappers on these blogs two dope boys complex and you're just like, yeah, I want that to be me. And finally, it's me. So it's kind of really surreal to see all of those um, blogs championing, championing me. Um, but also, um, I just get random, aside from like the first drop where everybody's kind of like a lot more excited, sometimes I just get random tweets of people that have just discovered it. And it just makes me feel so much more refreshed and just kind of realigns me and lets me know that I'm doing the right thing in life. <laughs> so the reception has been pretty good. I haven't had anybody tell me it's trash and <laughs> um, that's, that's good. That's good. That would be pure lies if they were saying that. This, is, <laughs> this, this shit is, is dope. Listen, I had somebody, somebody tell me that uh, my 2020 album sound kiddish. And I was like, okay, that, that is not a great, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, in the in the popular music landscape, I'm definitely sure that you can find more stuff that applies to that than the 2020. Because the 2021 is fire. Like, right. I, I, it's it's fantastic. Right. Yeah. It was strange. So how, how did you find like translating the nautical theme throughout the album? Like, where did that come from? Because I, I love hearing, you know, it applied on so many different songs. Obviously, like moving the tide to start it off, but mm-hmm. it just kind of continues throughout the album, and it really kind of locks in on this sonic sound but also a mindset and a psyche and you know it flows you know throughout this album and it's just dripping with you know these references but also you know a feeling of survival and you know leaning into mental health and leaning into you know the midst of the pandemic that we're all in um you really capture that through this music mm-hmm. um so i was watching the biggie documentary the new new one that came out and um diddy said something along the lines of like when he creates or exec- executive produces an album he likes to think of it like as a film and that's also how i like to view albums like i want to go through an album and like have it feel sort of like a movie f- for me right and uh beginning a middle and an end so whenever i'm crafting uh album specifically um i like to have some sort of theme that i could follow i could go back to that either is my current situation or experience or something that i've experienced before and um it just helps to curate something that feels a lot more meaningful than just kind of uh rapping over a record and um it's fun it's just fun to uh, discover, uh, it's just fun to follow a theme. Um, you know, what was your headspace going into this album? Um, I was actually mentally in a really good place. Um, and it was just kind of, uh, frustration from the lockdowns and stuff like that. And, uh, I've always loved the quote, uh, keep your head above the waters. Like, it's just such a great metaphor for life and how to navigate life when, uh, you feel like you're drowning because that's a, a lot of the times that that's what mental health can can feel like like you're drowning so um trying to keep your head above whatever is going on in your life is the like perfect metaphor for me at least so how do you find you know collaborating on this album like over the internet like were you in studio with a lot of the the artists on it or did you kind of have to send files back and forth to mm-hmm. really you know lock down the sound that you were looking for yeah man send files back and forth um uh, it's it it sucks like but you know what for me i'm not really a studio kind of person like for me i'd rather uh a beat i'd rather like beat packs be sent to me or a verse with a um if you want me on like a song like a uh, a song you already have with an empty verse i'd much rather that because i i like creating at home i like staying at home (laughs) the most and um I feel like when you're in the studio, the pressure to create kind of makes you um, have to create just kind of anything. So it, it sucks being in the studio. If you were in the studio and you're like, oh, shit, I got writer's block. And I'm in a session with fucking Kate it right now. And I have fucking writer's block, right? So, yeah. So I'd much rather like, um, hey, here's this beat pack. Do whatever you can to it. And then whatever, whatever. Or, uh, hey, here's this track. Uh, do whatever you want to it, whatever, whatever. So to me, it was a perfect scenario. Like, yo, here's this track. You want to be on the album? Okay, cool. Uh, do your thing. Bring it back to me at a certain amount of time and we could get this shit popping. I also feel like that's how like people waste a ton of money in the studio. Bro. Just like going in oh and like God. not not having the game plan and Dog. then just being like trying to work through writer's block on the clock. You Dog, know? you know, and that's really one of the things that I never took for granted because I I never had uh when when I was like uh first starting out I didn't have the money for for professional studio time so I was not about to go waste hours in the studio sitting and writing when I don't have that money right so if yeah. if I'm spending an hour at the studio I'm banging out four songs like <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah yeah one hundred percent you know what I mean so um that's i guess that's where i kind of have that mentality where it's just like hey when whenever you want something done let me do it at home and then i'll go to the studio and finish it up for you so like 
because this whole album, you know, is really indicative and about our current time and during this pandemic, like what was shooting a music video like during that and how did it compare to you, your other experiences shooting videos over the years? Man. Well, you know what? I, uh, I, this is, I don't, I'm, I'm very honest. I'm a very honest person. I fucking hate shooting music videos. They are the bane of my existence. Um, so um, this time around, though, this was kind of my first professional music video. Like, I'm talking, like, being sent a call list and having all of these people, having people that were hired to be actors and stuff like that. So um, it was it was really cool, although it was the entire day and I was tired of shit. <laughs> um, it was actually really cool to see that, like, when you have the right budget, you could put out uh, some amazing things. And um, uh, it was a group of uh, Ryerson students that uh, got together and got a uh, grant to be able to do that. So it was really, it was really good. I liked it. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah. So are there any changes that you would make now, you know, kind of having been through the process, if you could put this record out again for the first time? Mm-hmm. Um, yo, that's a good ass question. I would um, definitely maybe collab a little bit more, um, but I always feel like features can can muddy up an album a lot of the times, so I don't want to always kind of uh, lean on features, but definitely maybe even collaborating on a producer level because I only have two producers on there. I have Cheap Limousine and I have Harrison. Um, so maybe just expanding my outlook us not look just expanding my reach in terms of producers um but other than that i feel like i fucking nailed it like i feel like it was a a good um reintroduction to me that's good because i find that like as the self-review process like for me i like you know with like filmmaking and stuff i find it to be very like i'm just looking at something i hate for a long period of time Mm -hmm. and then i just kind of get attached to it but so you don't you don't have any of that you feel like because I mean the album's great so you you kind of feel that you hit your mark with it and accomplished what you wanted to accomplish. Well, I'm I'm I don't I don't hoard music at all. Like if I mm-hmm. if I make a if I make a track, it's going to be for the intentions of putting it out. So um, I I I never have like people are always like, do you have any music I can listen to that's unreleased? I'm like, no, because <laughs> what I yeah. made is is made to be released. So. Um, yeah, I never have I have I have a very I'm very confident when it comes to the content that I create. And I know that what I make is is good enough to always be put into the universe because shit, that's just how I make art. I love it. It's self-belief. It's I mean, especially this day and age you need it. Mm-hmm. So, how did you go about picking, you know, your collaborators on this project? Like uh the music you made with Harrison on this like really adds to the vibe and the the feeling on this album and you just seem to have, you know, really found really good palettes and uh and you know pockets to sit in on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison had uh, wanted uh, like we both wanted to collaborate collab with each other for a long time, and it just so happened that he was in his bag and sent me three very good beats. And I, it's very rare that I like like a producer will send you um, a beat pack and you like all of the beats in them. So it was just kind of like a fluke kind of thing. Um, and I just wrote to all three of them at the same time and uh, threw them at the end of the album for a little bit of a cohesiveness. But um, how do I go about choosing? Like, bro, it, it has to inspire me. And I feel like when I sit with a beat for too, if I have to sit for with a beat for too long, I'm not... I'm probably not gonna, it's very rare that I'll go back and write to it. Like if I hear it for the first time and it inspires me, then that's how I know that this is a song that's going to be released or this is a song that's gonna be put on something. So um, once the producer brings that out of me, then I become fairly unstoppable. Coburn and I were talking about this just before you got on and we were talking about it, uh, you know, we touched on it when we reviewed the album. Like, where does, because this is, like, a lot of the music is very house-influenced, and I really kind of enjoy that, and I like the way you kind of, like, bob and weave in and out of the, you know, out of of the beats. Was that direction, like, is that what you're looking for, and was that planned, or is that something where, you know, you were drawn to those beats specifically by producers? Mm Mm-hmm. 
So um, when was it? Before I dropped 2020, the album, I was a lot more um, experimental. So I was looking, uh, I was going over beats that um, they were really not more so mainstream beats, but they were kind of uh, tipping the edge of it. And um, I've always, always, always loved the house sound, deep house uh, hip hop influence. And if you like go on my SoundCloud, you'll see like I've been rapping over beats like this since like 2015, but not as uh, it wasn't as prominent as it is now. And then I listened to uh, Keichinata's album. Uh, I was pretty, I was a pretty slow Keichinata fan. Like I, I kind of got onto him pretty late, but um, I listened to the Keichinata album, and oh my god, it blew my mind. Like it just introduced me to a whole other world of like just production and i've always like i've heard kitchen out in in passing but i've never sat down and like listened to an entire album of kitchen stuff so when i when it came down to that when i actually did take the time to listen it inspired the shit out of me and then that's how 2020 the album was made and then um that's how head above the waters kind of slid in there too yeah i think definitely as we move forward because we're hearing more people talk about like 99.9 and its effect on them and i think as you know we move forward we're going to find that that album was very inspirational to like a generation of artists especially canadian artists too because you know the it's those local those you know the the local flavors definitely you know they get in you yeah it just and it just makes so much more it just makes it so much more like so so much greater it's just so much better that he is also canadian like it just mm-hmm. feels like such homegrown talent and it's just so relatable like i, I don't know it just blew my mind <laughs> so what's your favorite record on this project and uh why is it too many way too many ways <laughs> bro you know what's funny I, I i'm a good singer bro if if drake can sing i can fucking sing you know what I mean? Like I need to, <laughs> I need to start singing more, cause like that shit sound fire. But my favorite track, and I told Terrell not to tell anybody, but it's actually New Harrison. <laughs> I I love that record. Like that record can get played over and over and over again. But way too many ways. I I dig it. I like it. I heard that Terrell's management is particularly difficult to work with. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a douche. Yeah. <laughs> really intense <laughs> no nah, but on way too many ways you know what you know what i love the fact that people love the deep cuts of an album of mine because it's just like a lot of people come for the singles and those are their favorite and it's just like whoa you actually like like something that was not creatively made for the mainstream to like that's pretty cool but i think that's where like the that's how you can tell an album is good in my opinion like i don't want to hear the records like just the records you know mm-hmm. i want to hear like what is what are the i think because that's where you find the the real expression because the, the singles to an extent are chosen strategically right. and i mean all songs i suppose are chosen strategically but like i think that's where you find the real like you know some things that you can bite your teeth you know sink your teeth into um from an expression standpoint exactly yeah that's exactly it so you've been collaborating you know pretty consistently over the last little bit how did the collaboration with the brazilian artist neil come about and oh man that's probably my favorite story um so on 2020 the album i actually have a very funk expi- uh brazilian funk expi- uh inspired beat um it's called uh, just be cool and it got playlisted i believe oh actually no 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 sorry Frontline Pharrell got playlisted a lot when it dropped. And um, this Brazilian DJ uh, messaged me and he was just like, yo, Frontline Pharrell is hot as hell. But then to my surprise, I go to the next song and you actually sampled one of my records. And I was like, oh my God, this nigga finna sue the shit out of me. Like, <laughs> like fuck, like this nigga found me. Then he's like, no, actually, like I love collaborating i love when people sample my stuff um and this is this record's just 
wild like i love it i was like oh thank you jesus and he ended up uh, promoting uh posting it on his uh instagram and then another artist from brazil uh saw me and uh was listening to my stuff and he recommended nil uh, to give me a listen so nil followed me on instagram and i went on this page and i was just blown away by like i really love uh album art like if you look at my album art i always have some kind of like character drawn of me or um some kind of cartoon representing me and uh nil had that as well too so i was just like okay and i started listening to him and i don't know what the fuck that nigga was saying but it is fucking fantastic and his his beat selection is just so on par with mine and i was just like bro let's collab and ever since then i've been using google translate to fucking uh talk to him and communicate and it's been working we got a whole entire record out of uh google translate so um it's been quite a, a journey with him and i and we actually had that record done before i i had uh head above the waters recorded um and it, but it was just kind of too late in the year to release anything so we waited until uh february and when it came out it absolutely like i it blew up like <laughs> not only online in the brazilian like rap community but like on spotify it was doing crazy numbers the first day on youtube it was doing crazy numbers so uh it was just a, such a fun thing to be put through especially before because like uh nil surprised me with that youtube video i had no idea we we're gonna have a youtube video and he surprises me with these like 3d clay animated characters of us and dancing and flying and shit. i was like oh my god i was so amazed um but yeah i love that guy he's uh we're looking i'm looking forward to actually collaborating more with him because we're definitely going to get some stuff done how's your relationship with the duo duolingo owl are you practicing your portuguese <laughs> no bro i actually haven't downloaded that because every time i see that nigga every time i see that owl on the fucking timeline he's threatening somebody like <laughs> that shit seems, seems like it's like it's it's intense but um i pick up on words here and there but um i would love to learn the language but bro i'm, I'm just so lazy man i'm just so lazy i want to know how many people downloaded that app with the intention to learn another language because i like downloaded it like two years ago and i'm like i'm gonna learn japanese and then all of a sudden i'm was learning <laughs> was learning absolutely no japanese <laughs> why, did you, why did you pick the hardest language <laughs> I don't know. Is it the hardest language? Yes. I hear English and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I don't know. I guess it sounded very, I don't know, man. I watched Kill Bill. I wanted to learn some Japanese. I want to know what Hattori Hanzo is saying without subtitles. So I also really liked the opening track on Head Above the Waters. And is it Ray Hammond? Is that how do you pronounce it? Yeah, Ray Hammond. So you guys have made, you know, a number, some music together. You know, is that like a Brampton collection connection there. You know, what's that club collaborative process like? Yeah, we actually have um, collaborated for a long time. Um, I have one of our older tracks, Kobe Bryant, um, on SoundCloud. And that one actually didn't get to be put on DSPs because I couldn't use the, fo the photo of Kobe Bryant that we had as the, our album art. And um, we just forgot to change it and put it up there so just kept it on soundcloud but um yeah ray is probably uh, one of my favorite artists from brampton um probably the only artist that i bump from brampton uh <laughs> and uh i think he's just an amazing rapper and an amazing singer and like when uh i told him that i was doing this album i sent him the beat he kind of loafed it then he sent me his verse and it was very late and I was thinking about putting it out as a remix, but then I heard the verse. And I was just like, nah, this has to go on the album. So I pushed the album back like a few days and I threw that on there. Is it true that he's related to a much more famous Hammond? <laughs> yes. Yes. Barris, Barris, Barris. That's his uncle. Uncle Barris. Interesting. And, and do you appreciate you know the jamaican legend legendary uh, going on in that uh hundred percent that is like that is that is legendary right there <laughs> yeah oh it's his grandnephew i just googled it <laughs> so how do you think you know you know obviously we, we touched on brampton a little bit there how do you think growing up in toronto has influenced you um i would say 
just because there's so many different influences and cultures I've been able to tap into uh, listening to so many different genres and uh, just being able to submerge myself in different cultures as well, like appreciate them and um, gain my influence from them. Uh, Toronto Soul, there's so many just uh, people here, but different people. So that influence is a lot more... Um, it's just it's just a different feel, a different vibe, and um, I love the city. I love being here. A lot of things that are shitty, but that's every city, right? Yeah, I think whenever you throw a t- bunch of people together, there's going to be stuff. I mean, there, there's stuff. I mean, there's we love this city, but you know, on this podcast, we will lament a lot. Um, like, wh- what was your perception of the the hip hop scene in Toronto when you were growing up? When I was growing up, yeah, you want to hear a funny thing? I've never like, I never listened to like, uh, hip hop, and shit growing up, in terms of like, oh really? As a as a kid, do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't outside. I wasn't outside for Jellystone. I wasn't outside for Cardinal. I wasn't outside for Drake. I wasn't outside for the weekend. I was very much um, closed minded when it came to uh, supporting Toronto music, and. Um, do I regret it? Yeah, um, because that nostalgic feel and those those records that were put out by these artists literally changed the landscape of Toronto as we know it. So, um, what was your what was your formative music then? Uh, I was listening to fucking Nas. <laughs> I, was listening, <laughs> I was listening to Nas. I was listening to the game. I was listening to everything New York and West Coast and no Toronto. Um, uh, yeah, that was me in uh, high school, middle school. I had no idea what was going on in the Toronto scene. Uh, so funny. And you know what? Not a lot of people would admit that. A lot of people would fake the funk and be like, yeah, I was outside. Nah, I was not outside for none. Yeah, I was at Cardinal's first show. <laughs> I remember it. I was there. I was there. Yeah. I no. caught his t-shirt. I caught it. It's mine. Yeah. But you know what? At the same time, I respect. I res- the, the, the one thing I will never do is not respect uh, the people that came before me or the people that defined uh, the hip-hop culture here and who made it popular and who made it what it is, um, there's always going to be massive respect for for those people, no matter if I don't know uh, all their deep cuts and stuff like that. When was the last time you listened to the documentary by the game? Bro, I <laughs> tried to revisit it, and it just I just can't, bro. I just can't. Like he ruined. It hits different. He ruined like my my entire perception of him, just by all of the gross shit he's been doing. Yeah, it's just hard to listen to it, man. It just doesn't hit the same, yo. That's the hardest part about growing up. Like you start looking at like artists you used to really dig. Like I had a friend, like uh, another mind refinery creative, uh, Andrew Lanza, huge fan of Ryan Adams. All the Ryan Adams revelation comes out, and he's like, "What am I doing with all these posters, concert T-shirts, and records now?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like it's hard yeah i was a huge fan of the game huge but yeah it, it yeah growing up it happens yo what's your favorite track dj on illmatic oh i would have to say i don't want to i don't want to be cliche and say um ny state of mind i just asked you the most cliche hip-hop <laughs> question so you can feel free to just follow it right up no, uh, it's definitely gotta be the world is yours. Like that, I feel like that is the best hip hop record ever. Yeah, there's so much rich stuff on that because I mean, we were just we just did the DJ premiere, uh, released DJ premiere episode for like a producer series, and like we were talking about, okay, is it large? You know, who whose contributions to it do we love the most? And you know, talking about Large Professor, all this, and it was just, you know, it's very difficult. But uh, you know, the primo beats on it. Um. Mine's it ain't hard to tell. Like I like friggin' love that track. Yeah, it's it's just it's just it's just so timeless. Such a, like I don't. It's very cliche. I don't care, but it's just it's it speaks for itself. It's such a timeless record. Like that guy was yeah. like so young, and you could 18. hear it. Yeah, you could hear it in the record, and the way that it was like just even mixed and mastered just sounds so clean. Like I love it. Yeah. 
it must have ruined so many people's lives too because i feel like when i was like 18 i'm like how do i turn this apple into a pipe <laughs> and he's just like i'm working with pete rock and all this shit it's just yeah yeah so so what how is i mean are you gonna start uh doing shows and stuff when you can like which how do you feel with doing shows it's funny i just actually got um this tour manager in the uk messaged me like hey are you booking and i'm just like bro <laughs> can i get a vaccine first can yeah. i like can like 80 yeah. percent of the of the of your population be vaccinated before i come out there like i'm, I'm still scared like but yeah. um yeah i don't for me live shows like I, I wish i could go without them i know that's impossible but um i guess it's because all i really know is toronto live shows that just makes yeah. me that just makes me want to be like that just makes me eh. it's just like oh my god like it's like rapping in front of like cardboard cutouts of people <laughs> yeah, I, f I feel like it's 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 got to be like ridiculously hard getting on stage and doing that under any circumstance. Mm -hmm. But then when you're like getting out of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. like I think about doing that and I'm like, I'm getting in front of people to make like presentations and I'm like, okay, well, hopefully they don't think I'm an idiot. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's really, that's really, really cool though. I like, uh, but I think it would translate well because I think the music at the end of the day is good like there's no and you're confident with it which is really good too exactly like i i'm uh i'm not i could i could stand i could sit actually and uh perform head above the waters and it would be fire <laughs> yeah maybe that's something you do is like create like an unconventional stage show to just kind of you know make if do work more to you what, what you want to do yeah because i think these I think these songs are so like they're so rich and expressive that it almost like doing a standard, you know, just your traditional what a hip hop show is usually may not even translate the ideas well enough. Yeah. And I have to I may have to do that because I have major black back problems. So yeah. standing for too long really inflates my back. So I got to find a way to like be able to tour and um, figure that out. Uh, to be on the stage for fucking 30 minutes. Uh, it's so, intense. Yeah, it's very, it's like fucking workout, man. Yeah, no, totally. That's, uh, that's good. How's, uh, how's your people doing with all this whole thing? Like, is, are they okay? Like, uh, with the, with the whole thing, like friends and family with, with the whole pandemic? Yeah, I've, a few of my, my aunts and, uh, have gotten it, but everybody has been cool been following guidelines and stuff um i've 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 gotten used to kind of checking in more on family and mm -hmm. friends um and um i'm sp spending less time just worrying about shit like at any moment all of this shit can just stop <laughs> yeah no no 100 <laughs> it's so it's it's so it's so ridiculous like i think about because i was supposed to like i was supposed to get married like two, we were two weeks away from getting married me and my girlfriend and then all of a sudden it's like there's a global pandemic and i'm just yeah. like what the fuck um and it's just crazy how it it, it kind of is like taking everything over and I, this is the longest i haven't seen live music mm -hmm. and it's just pretty it's just pretty crazy how it's kind of like dominated everything and it's like i think gonna be weird like getting back into it yeah and especially because since it's been gone on for so long that I had to eventually start doing like online shows and shit, which yeah. were so annoying. The worst shit. Ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Because I don't know how you're supposed to connect. Yeah. There's no connecting. And then it's just like, I don't want to have this. It's just not the greatest setup or experience. Yeah, and also because, you know, your music is of a personal nature. Right. So, you know, I, I guess you want to be able to kind of, like, communicate those things on just, like, a different level than just, like, tr doing it through Zoom. Exactly. Or however the fuck you're doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what music have you been listening to to get you through the, this? Like, what has been, like, what are you listening to right now? Um, I was listening to a lot of... Uh... What, what I usually don't really listen to music unless I'm in the car. 
Mm-hmm. But um, that Man on the Moon 3 record got me through it. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe that he came back and kind of uh, completed the trilogy with, so, with such a great record. Because everybody was kind of expecting him to not be like the cutty that we know but he's the cutty that we know and it it's grown so i mean you cite him as an influence like what is so what was the the gravity like the gravitation for you for him like how did it how how did kid cutty kind of inspire you it's definitely the the content more than anything because the guy is so vulnerable and it's just so easy for him to kind of speak about all of the things that are just so hard to be public about, especially. So for him to have that confidence and that strength to persevere while in the public eye and deliver such fucking fantastic music, I was just like, yo, this guy clear 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 inspiration to me um and he just seems like such a fun guy where do you see the current music scene in toronto right now you know we look at artists like claremont the second who you've worked with you know other artists who are on your album and you've collaborated with how do you think that you know these artists are perceived by you know the general people you know who are paying attention the fans and stuff like that and also like the legacy media outlets that are in existence here? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, obviously, that it's... We're very underrepresented. Um, I feel like a lot of people that are... That really do care try their best. Um, but there's a lot... There's a lack of resources. There's a lack of uh, funding directly for artists like me or Claremont and um I hate the saying but it does take until something pops off in another country before not even just people in Toronto to like fans to recognize but also just like the labels and any any sort of um business that has the resources to be able to help an artist they don't come in until they see that you've already kind of established something, um, which sucks because we have so many artists that if given the chance, not even the chance, if given the money, would create such beautiful things for the city. And uh, a lot of it is just the money to afford things on the business side because a lot of the times they make it work with the recording. Um, you can find people that will record you for and mix and master your stuff for um, on a budget. But then it's the things that cost the most, like music videos and PR and um, marketing, like stuff like that, that um, artists don't get the upper hand on because it is fucking expensive. So if we had sections of the Toronto music scene that focused on just allocating money to that and making it easily accessible, that's another thing. Um, I feel like our, we would we could actually determine that we have some sort of music scene here. But whenever people say that we have a music scene here, it makes me shake my head because I'm like, nigga, where? Like, show me it because <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm missing something. Um, but like I, I, I know of the government um, allocating a lot more money to to uh, music musicians uh, over the pandemic realizing how much art is actually a fucking job and how much art is needed um so i know that a lot of money got uh allocated to certain organizations but then it's up to the organizations to find the artists that need it the most first of all second of all stop giving it to the fucking artists that have had it and have done nothing with it do you know what i mean like you're giving this motherfucker who has had several grants already another grant and he's still where he's at <laughs> so it must mean something like stop giving this motherfucker money yo. he's wasting the fucking money um 
there was this inter- because there's this interview with Claremont the second just when he dropped his just recently with his EP and he says just that so like you have like bands like the Trues getting like the money and it's like you need art like there are artists out there who are generally trying to you know get into the scene you know get into the scene and kind of turn this into something they make a living off of but they can't do it because it's like like sam roberts is getting the money <laughs> and it's like nigga we, we we don't we don't like if i've given you ten thousand twenty thousand dollars and you haven't made much of it any strides like why should like the, if the if the proof is in the pudding like i give you back the numbers and it said that yo this was actually kind of like a waste of fucking money why are you allocating more money to that person that artist i'm sorry it's just the way that the business works like if that was a label i'm pretty sure that motherfucker would get dropped so why is it that we we continue to just give money to artists that clearly are not proving themselves to be sustainable in in the in the music industry like sorry not everybody can be a fucking artist it's it's that simple did you submit for this year's junos and what did you think of you know the rap awards this year i did submit and uh the they got it right with the r&b but the rap section is fucking whack like me and claremont and terrell morris dropped albums last year and like i wouldn't care if i wouldn't care if either one of them were on it like i wouldn't care that i didn't get nominated if either one of them were on it but none of us are on it i don't even remember who's on it uh <laughs> i think it's like who was who was nominated there's a fucking white TikTok guys. <laughs> Some fucking goofs from TikTok. They're, they're all and when when we're when we're challenging when we're challenging their um out their their nominations, oh it goes on sales, it goes on the fuck you. Like this is some bullshit TikTok thing that Chef Ramsey picked up so it fucking exploded. And um you're not gonna gaslight us and make us believe that uh fucking numbers is all that it takes to get, get nominated like what kind of shit is that do you like what do you what would you like to see change on that process like you know because i think awards as much as they're kind of bullshit like are important for artists and you know it gives you opens new doors for you it allows you to charge more yeah to brands and you know it can completely change an artist's career even just being nominated and i don't think there's enough room right now for rap music in toronto or in canada and it's been this way for you know 30 40 years um as long as the music's been being made that like you know the people aren't getting noticed and it's you know we're at a a huge disadvantage compared to other genres in the country Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like um yeah it's 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 tough to say you don't care because uh you see what getting a juno or a juno nom has done for artists um just in terms of like being able to get bigger bags and that recognition is is so great but um yeah it feels like canada and the thing is that i always keep forgetting or i keep i keep having this mentality that canada is toronto (laughs) but canada is you know what i mean canada is not toronto toronto is just a very small well not small but it's just very small in comparison to how many other fucking provinces and cities there are? So it's just, we're in a bubble. Like we, I, I think we sometimes forget that. Yeah. So it's just like I, I, I don't expect a motherfucker out in Saskatchewan to understand why uh, allocating money to art is important or rap, especially rap, is important. But look at the numbers. Look at how much Drake has stimulated this fucking economy. Like the man is a superstar, and because of that he makes the city money like how does not how do you not put two and two together to understand that arts and entertainment is a very very special uh section of um can be a very special section of a of a city's um just infrastructure and driving tourism especially so i don't know Eh, these motherfuckers don't don't listen to nobody so also like if you're toby and that elements album is fantastic um how do you explain to him that uh you know baby gravy two one it's like <laughs> yeah. i don't know like how you're supposed to like tell him that 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, it's a little ridiculous. It's just a slap in the face. It just feels so, yeah, yeah it just feels so, just so performative. Like, and then they opened up the submissions and there was no fee to submit your music. So it's just like, oh, okay. They're doing a lot more to kind of make sure that the individual artists that maybe might not be able to afford to submit to submission to the Junos still get heard. And then you go and nominate those motherfuckers. Like, does that make fucking sense yeah. to you? Like, uh, it was annoying. So, you know, kind of being out there in, in the international scene and being featured in Brazil. And I've seen like a lot of coverage of you in England and stuff like that. What do you think the international eye is on Toronto and how do you think they perceive the city and what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I'm when shit opens up and I'm out and I say I'm from Toronto and I have to hear banter about Drake, I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> Cause that's <laughs> that feels like it feels like that's all they know out there. Or Tory Lanez or Justin Bieber. I feel like they I feel like I feel like in any city that an artist is not from, they get love because it just feels like it's just if they're really talented. Um, I feel like uh, the world views Toronto as a music city because of the musicians that we have really popular musicians. And I don't blame them for thinking that because those musicians come from the smaller places. But then, as we said, just about Canada, not being Toronto or not being Montreal, um, it's harder for them to understand that. Hey, if you if you try to move to Canada, you don't want to go anywhere other than Toronto, Montreal, or Vancouver. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, the world really has doesn't really have a spotlight on Toronto like people like to believe they do. But, um, yeah, I feel like, well, not Toronto, Canada, sorry. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe something will change that. So I think, like, you know, hearing you say, like, Toronto is a music city, like, and I think that idea is promoted a lot. And, you know, we have the North by Northeast, which is, you know, the northern equivalent to South by Southwest. But it doesn't really feel like a music city a lot of times when, you know, we see our venues closing down Mm -hmm. regularly. Mm -hmm. We see, you know, the city making it harder for, you know, drinks to be had after certain time periods Mm -hmm. and condos, you know, kind of taking up the parts of the city that, that, you know, produce culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's hard to, you know, call Toronto a music city and feel good about that mm-hmm. like what, what are some venues that you would like to perform at in the city or you know changes that you would like for those venues bro they shut down all the good all the good uh venues I I would I, every every artist after the weekend shut down mod club like every artist dreams of just having their debut at the mod club and having it fucking packed and um that was such a good venue in terms of just even just sound um, and just so many cultural uh, changes happened uh, through that venue. But um, I know that the remaining venues we have to cherish and support as much as possible. So I'm down to kind of um, be there for Massey Hall and um, uh, Revival, not the Rivoli, Revival which that one's the one across from the mod club. Um, and uh, I like the Rivoli. Is the Rivoli still, they shut that down, right? I, th- I think they shut that down. You've performed there before. I think I've seen you perform there a long time ago. Yeah, I performed there a bunch of times. I love the Rivoli. The um, The sound is great. For me, everything is down to the sound. Like I, I, I um, there are a lot of venues that, uh, are cool, but the sounds is fucking awful. Um, what's that one on on college? And um, the owner actually had a couple of sexual assault allegations towards them. I forget what it's called. Ooh, I don't know. There's like three bars. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of them. 
Uh, all, yeah, it's all of the bars on college uh, fit that description. <laughs> uh, fuck, I forgot. But um, I, I've had a few shows there and um, before all of the allegation shit. And um, it was good. But in terms of um, like sound, it was bad. But the thing is, it was also affordable to book. So that's another kind of um smiling buddha right is that the smiling one? buddha smiling yes. buddha yes 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 um and then there's even remember that venue um that was uh beside um honest eds as well yep yeah you performed there a long long time ago a long long time ago performed there and i i, I love that venue too. now it's a condo yeah it's a condo you just described all the venues that went under yeah <laughs> it's like department store or condo yeah, it's fucking sad. Yeah, don't like like that's why I feel like it's just so disrespectful. Don't call Toronto no music city, bro. We have like two venues, and only one of those will ever play hip hop, <laughs> or or book a hip hop show. So fuck you. You know what I mean? So I, I want to shift gears a little bit to you know some kind of present day stuff um, going on right now. Like you've been you know trademark trademarkably outspoken online. Um, but I wanted to talk about the situation right now with, with J. Cole and No Name. And I want to get your thoughts on that a little bit. Like, you know, this this has kind of followed from last year into this year. And I think that, you know, a lot of J. Cole fans, you know, can't seem to let it go. Mm-hmm. What is your take on it? And, and how do you think that impacts No Name as, a, as an artist and as you, you as an artist? Like, what do you kind of see behind that? Mm-hmm. I love Cole. I love the Cole songs. What the fuck does he know about anti-blackness? <laughs> it's just like, bro, I've never okay, the thing about the thing about J. Cole, he can rap. He's a very talented man. He can rap. What his fans do is conflate him not rapping over trap beats as him being conscious. That's the first mistake. Second mistake is they feel some sort of elitism because they listen to him and not quote unquote trap artists that um, that they feel dumbed down hip hop. That's number one. Number two, with this no name thing, it's very toxic what he did actually. If you look at it from just a viewpoint of society, because this is a black woman black woman rapper that said a very general tweet that applied to almost the 9 million rappers, male rappers that exist and said, yo, you guys profit a lot on the plight, the black plight. You guys profit a lot on the imagery of black lives matter or putting your fist up or standing on a cop car. But would you guys ever come out and say anything as radical as abolish the police? Or would you guys ever come out and say something as radical as fuck capitalism? No, because once you reach that level of like being rich, you're now in a different class and then there comes the classism of it. And it sucks because these are your own people. You're black. You, and especially when you've come from that place where if you miss a bill then you're about to be homeless you've you've come from that you understand that so to not understand how it's systemic and it's not just oh i did it so how come nobody else could do it to not understand that to not do any readings from our leaders who have subscribed to different societies and different methods of living that are a lot more radical than what we have now. It's really sad because there's, this is no name, but black woman telling you and giving people resources, not even just telling you, she gives people the readings. She says, yo, this is this, this is how we're going to dismantle this. This is a book that says this. She does that. She takes the time out of her day and out of her career to do that for you to be like yo i needed spoon fed like i'm a 12 like i'm a 12 year old like i'm a i'm a child 
That's so lazy. And it sucks because it's just like, yo, J. Cole, you're rich. You have, like, not a lot of people have the resources to be able to buy these books or learn these things because they just don't have the money and money is, um, money gains access. So you have the time and the money to be able to sit down and do the readings and do the, 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 like, just the understandings yourself. And you would much rather just put on wax that you didn't like her tone and you thought she was subtweeting you. That's so whack to me. That's so whack. And then his fans were attacking me this morning. Well, not attacking, but basically just trying to tell me that I'm wrong. They were shook. Yeah. And bringing up the fact, <laughs> bringing up the fact that he was out protesting. Nigga, if he was out protesting, why the fuck does he still not understand anything that No Name was trying to kind of tell him exists? What the fuck are you protesting? What the what are you going out there for then? What what is the point? You've learned you've you've obviously learned nothing, and being out there protesting did nothing. So to me. That quote unquote groundwork, that's not groundwork to me. The groundwork is learning about capitalism, classism, how anti-blackness um, is all tied up into that. Which institutions need to be abolished, not reformed, abolished. Uh, which leaders kind of had those thoughts and have the best ideas regarding that and fucking go from there i've never heard that nigga say one radical thing ever and i keep asking his and his his followers his uh fans keep saying oh people are not deep enough to listen to cole tell me one deep thing j cole has said and i like cole i like the dude i think he's a really humble dude he's a great rapper but he even said himself he's not as deep as as uh as people perceive him to be so i don't know why people keep bringing this narrative up about him when they can't just enjoy the music just enjoy the music and shut the fuck up i think that's one of the criticisms of the album too is just that like everyone like is I haven't seen really many people other than a couple of people who were like, this is the worst shit I've ever listened to. Uh, there was a couple of those, but like who like their whole thing, no one's really been, not a lot of people have been like, this is a shitty album. It's just been like the context is kind of changed. Yeah. And it's just like, if he did the readings, you would hear it in the music. If he did the readings that he said that he needed the access to and the knowledge from, you would hear that in the music and you would hear the growth but it's just the same shit. So I don't understand like what all of that was all about or what that was all for. And it just sucks because I know that when I get bigger as an artist, I'm going to have my bad moments. I'm going to have my shitty moments where I have to learn and it's going to be in public. And um, I would hate to have something like that happen to me. One of the biggest rappers in the world comes to me on wax to tell me about how they didn't like my tone about a tweet that that was true i would fucking hate that <laughs> that would crumble me <laughs> do you know what i mean so yeah. and, and with me i'm just so opinionated sometimes i can't shut up sometimes i just can't shut up and i, I fear for the people that i fear for the times people are just going to take what i have to say out of context and that just comes with the territory of being a public figure and learning how to navigate that is going to be a very, very difficult journey for me because I'm so damn sensitive. Like I'm opinionated, but I'm also so fucking sensitive. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so as a, and then the identity is just, my identity just makes it worse because then people will, will bring up like, looks and stuff before they they they're actually critical of what everybody is saying so 
um it's a lot it's a lot and i i actually love discourse around music and i love discourse around just critiquing artists um for their human things the human things that they do because it humanizes them and people kind of got to remember that this is just a motherfucker who whose music you like he's a human being and you just so happen to like his music he's not a fucking martyr and he's not a saint and he's not the uh the person that knows it all a person that knows it all he's just a person that you so happen to like their music i don't know why i said martyr but yeah um you just so happen to like the guy's music so for you to be on the internet mad as shit at everybody giving him solid critique it's just like bro get a grip are there any fan bases out there that you're afraid of like genuinely afraid of online because you feel like you know you can kind of go up against anybody sorry you said which fan bases i know which, which fan bases are you afraid of online oh my god all of them bro all of them are fucking ruthless but you you already know the b a r b z <laughs> i don't know anything i don't know anything <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the fuck you're saying bro i'm a barb i, I, I don't I care i suddenly I'm don't know how to spell bro, it bro I'm, <laughs> I'm a barb because yo if the, the yo i've had it happen to me once and it's the worst thing it's so bad it's so bad bro bro it's 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 terrible i've had i've had little wayne stands come for me that was the worst. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's yeah. Because a man called me, came to my Instagram, was like, "Yo, fucking kill yourself for saying this to Little Wayne." Like, what? Come on, man. Why I gotta kill myself? <laughs> um, who else have been attacked by? I've been attacked by. Yeah, those are the motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at Juana Thompson in the like the Nicki Minaj thing. Like, yeah, that's they're just... ruthless. They're ruthless. I'm like. I'm like, yo, you guys are really listen. I'm not listen. I'm not trying to disrespect Nicki Minaj. She's talented, but like, you can't be all ruining someone's life because they're like, I don't, I wasn't into that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I don't know. And it's it's weird because she's so complacent about it too. Like, you can't tell your fans, yo. <laughs> you can't yeah. say that. I don't know. I don't know. No comment from me on yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, no comment. <laughs> I, 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 I'm actually talking about another artist. Yeah. I've noticed, like, you know, you've built a, a really good community online. How have you found, like, you know, this new Bandcamp initiative? How's that imp- impacted you over the past year? You know what? I love Bandcamp. And every so often, I just get a fucking email. Oh, somebody spent seven bucks on your uh, album. And I feel like they're so fair. And it pisses me off that people are trying to find new ways to support artists, find new ways. Look at the ways that already exist and go there. <laughs> like Bandcamp is perfect, perfect outlet to support an artist, especially when they do the the Bandcamp Fridays and they waive the fees. Like you're directly sending money into that artist's um, pockets. Um. So yeah, I love I love Bandcamp. Um. And I, I slept because I wasn't really updating my band camp until 2020, the album. So it was a pain in the bitch, in the pain in the butt, <laughs> the pain in the bitch. It was a pain in the butt to upload all of my shit on there. But uh, once I got it all figured out, it was cool. So what do you think's next on the, your horizon? Do we expect new music from you this year? Are we going to get a 2021, the album? <laughs> Yo! Maybe I should do 2021 now, bro. That's a good idea. Thank you. I'm gonna write that down. But also, um, I'm I'm just looking forward to yeah. I'm 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 actually working on two EPs right now, and um, I'm looking to expand my horizon in terms of like the producers that I work with. So um, that's gonna be really interesting because when um, people inspire me, I make very very great things. So to work with different people will really I feel like bring out a different side of me. So that's kind of my focus and um, collaborating as well. And um, yeah, just keep on making the music, keep on being social on social media. and Raising two two kittens. Raising two kittens and trying to figure out this life shit all with my friends. That's all, all I could really do. 
do you think you'll take a, a major label deal ever where we ever see Def Jam presents DJSB <laughs> or something like that? If it's right, if it's right, if the money's right and the deal's right, yes. If they're trying to fuck me in the ass and no lube, no. <laughs> <laughs> so b- before we, you know, let you get out of here, who's on your list of dream collaborations? Mm, dream collaborations, definitely uh, K, K Trinata, Mick Jenkins, Kid Cudi, Ari Lennox, Kalani, um, Common. Did I just say Common? Did I really just say Common? I lied. Not Common. Kanye. Would you like us to edit this part? This is what we're gonna use as the as the promo. Oh fucking crying. The title. This is gonna be not not common. Fucking SZA, Masego, all of my favorite rappers. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. It was really a pleasure to have you on the yeah. show. Um, we're, you know, big fans of yours. We'll be looking out for the two EPs coming out later this year. And if you put 2021 the album out, that's my idea. <laughs> so I need EP credits on I that. Got I got to I got to interject this one thing. It's funny cuz we were reviewing the DJ the DJ Khaled album and then we were like this album that they put out DJ SB literally cost probably 2.5 million dollars less to make <laughs> and is substantially <laughs> better than this like emailed in verses that people had on their fucking hard drive album like 2.5 it was a bright it was a bright spot <laughs> 2.5 million dollars less to make but sounds 2.5 million dollars better that's hilarious i love that i love that thank you no, thank you for putting it out. I got you guys. <laughs> Anything else you want to touch on, Kyle, before we get out of here? Uh, no, we had. A, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for being so damn candid as well. Like, uh, you know, like every, every, everybody's working, worrying about the marketing, and uh, you know, we appreciate real conversations on the show. Oh, for sure. I know somewhere down the line it's gonna get me in trouble, but it is what it is. On that note. Thank you again. Really great chatting. Um, be sure to look out for the next two projects from DJSB. See you guys later.